Uh, welcome everyone who's uh, tuning to listen to us. This is going to be our first, uh, one of our first podcasts on the new Ponderings site. Um, I'm really uh, pleased to have Paul Lloyd join us today. We've just been uh, catching up and connecting a little bit. We're both from the same part of, uh, of London and have a, um, a special affinity to a particular football team that um, causes us a lot of grief. We won't, we won't go into that too much, Paul. Uh, tell us, a, tell us a little bit about the church community and what you're part of there up in Manchester now. Yeah, f thanks for having me on here and um, up the Amers. Um, <laughs> yeah, Victory Outreach Manchester. It's uh, we're a, a multicultural church, uh, multi generational, multi economic, multi educational. All the multis, all the multis, um, situated in Salford which is a beautiful little part of Manchester and with rivers running through it, um, mainly of blood. Um, but we're uh, uh, traditionally from a Pentecostal background. One of the things that is uh, one of our USPs is that we reach out to broken people, inner city people. We reach out to a lot of people that have come from drug addiction, from crime, from prostitution, from brokenness. And uh, we believe in transformation. So we're a transformational church. You know, you get three types of churches. You get um, you get your missional church. You you get your attractional church. You know, traditional models. Well, we we like to think that we're more of a transformational church. That you can come in one way, but you're not going to stay like it. And that we have, we have a mantra: any anyone can come and find someone to connect with. Um, and that you're you're you you know, God wants to transform us, not just reform us. So that's. That's basically who we are. You know, we plant other churches. We've got other churches that we planted from us in the UK and around Europe, um, different places. So it's, it's, it's people that get set free and change that go out and set other people free and bring change. So that's really our emphasis. Very interesting. Well, um, we're hoping, if all goes well with this recording, Paul, that this should be one of our first recordings on the new ponderings.org.uk site, which, um, which we're pulling together to bring a bunch of different Christians together as they start to kind of ponder out uh, life in the 21st century in the UK and, and faith and Christianity and what that all means. So we've had some excellent conversations so far, uh, really in the midst of this COVID pandemic, um, thinking about what faith looks like, what life looks like, I suppose, um, on from here. Um, can you just talk to us a little bit, set the scene a little bit about what changes you've brought into place um, uh, where you are? Uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll talk in a moment about where you think you're going to see things going. So, so what's happened? What have you had to change in terms of practice and, uh, and what's been the good stuff that's happened there? Well, we, we, we traditionally, we, you know, we, we've had small groups, but we were focused on our main gatherings, um, building our church, building our, our, our main services. And when, obviously, when the pandemic came, everything got shut down. So we had to immediately reassess what we're going to do. Now, we went online. We've been online anyway for a couple of years, so we weren't playing catch-up with that. Um, We'd always been online, even when we were having our church services, we were having online services that were being projected out. And so we continued with that and we beefed it up. We stripped it down. We looked at the demographic. We looked at the methodology of it, what was going to work online, purely online. 
you know, how do we get our announcements out there? How do we do our giving? How do we how do we do our online giving now? You know, we've got no, no in-house giving. There's no cash offerings. There's no card machines available. So how do we do that? How do we project that? So it was a, you know, we had to get up to speed with some of those things. And we changed, we tweaked a few of our methods, um, but we kept the mission the same. The mission was that we were preaching the gospel. And I started a pandemic series, and I've been doing it ever since. And one of the reasons why is because it's a historical time that hopefully we're never, ever going to see again in our, in our lifetimes. So I wanted, to, I, wanted to, I wanted to highlight some of the different issues as they arose, you know, from the fear at the beginning, through the ghost town, through the, the toilet roll wars, you know, through the, the, the wash your hands, you know, to kill the pandemic, through some of the conspiracy theories, yeah. looked at some of the conspiracy theories and uh, really kind of, you know, had a bit of a deep dive into some of them, the reality, and then started looking at some of the end time stuff that Jesus was speaking about, harmonizing some of the things. And um, that, that was our big gatherings. And what we found is we found that a lot more people were tuning in right. um, than, than ever we got in our physical services. And we were getting people that some people have, and, and here's an interesting thing. Some people have been watching every single service that we've put on that have never attended our church, right. that traditionally attended other churches, even in other parts of the country, yeah. but have said, you're my church in the pandemic. Because my church is not doing anything. They're not doing what you're doing, you know. And that, that's been interesting. And even though I don't, I'm never into sheep, sheep rustling, you know, go back to your church, at, you know, when you can. Um, it's still been interesting. And I think that's happened a lot. There's been a lot of people looking in different shop windows for churches um, online and seeing what it is. So you're seeing a more, I think you're seeing more of a blending of stuff um, across across the board as people start to have a look at what's going on in Christianity and more, more and more people are becoming aware of what other pastors are doing, what other leaders are doing, what other churches and missional organizations are doing. And uh, it's been really interesting to see what things gel, what things are in synergy and what things are just completely clashing. Um, but then what we've looked at as well is now with the, a, a little bit of an easing of lockdown, we're looking really at how do we then connect our people physically. We're looking at the, the bubbles, you know, joining households together. And people have been doing watch parties. They've been inviting friends, family, neighbors that have never come to church before. But all of a sudden, they can actually access a service from the comfort of their own house without all of the drama of actually having to walk through the doors with all of these nutty people that are speaking in funny languages and lifting their hands up. So it's been, it's been an interesting thing. And we've seen a lot of people respond to Jesus online for the first time ever. Right. And uh, we've been able to follow them up, you know, do new members classes, do, you know, all different types of things. So it's been, a, it's been an interesting shift yeah. in an interesting time. Now, uh, you've talked to me a bit prior to this about the two wings of church. And, and essentially one wing which was uh, which underdeveloped or, or atrophied and, uh, and one wing that was bigger. Just, just kind of, I found that a very helpful picture just to kind of share. Can you just kind of elaborate on that a bit? Yeah, sure. I've always seen the church as a bird, an eagle, if you like, with two wings. 
Um, and one wing has been large gatherings. You know, you get that from the Book of Acts. And the other wing was small groups. You know, the temple, house to house. That's how the church has flown. That's how it's lifted off. That's how it's taken off traditionally. So you always had the, the, the gatherings where everyone came together. And then you always had the ones where they split off and they fellowships. That was where discipleship occurred, relationship occurred. And traditionally throughout church history, we've seen one wing, you know, maybe be bigger than the other based upon persecution or social demographics and situations. And I think the last, at least since the, you know, the, the beginning of the noughties, um, 2000, beginning of the noughties, that was, you know, even the 90s, the large gathering really started to take precedence. You started seeing, you know, the mega church model, the more people, more bums on seats you've got, that's the measure of your success. And that's kind of how you were trained, you know, in, in different settings, um, is to look at that as a measure of success. How many people came through your doors? But I think that in this pandemic, the Lord has, is, is allowed whatever's happened. There's no doubt about that. And he, does, he never wastes anything that happens. Yeah. And I think that, that the other wing, that small group wing, that relational wing, that body ministry wing, had grown a little bit, smaller it got a little bit more shriveled than it should and it than the other then all the birds ever going to do if it ever gets off the ground is just fly around in circles and i think the church has been going around in circles at least in this that god wants to build up the other wing you know we can do big gatherings right but what about your small groups what about your relational stuff what about your connection your inter interpersonal stuff you know, what about actually fulfilling the Great Commission instead of asking everyone to come to church that you actually do what Jesus said and go into all the world? You know, and as one person said, I can't get all the city in my church, but I can get all the church in the city. Yeah. And that's what we've been looking at, you know, is really building up again that, that, that interpersonal, small group kind of thing. And a lot of my peers... That I'm talking with, that we have, you know, meetings with, especially in Manchester, everyone's feeling the same thing at the moment. No yeah. one's really rushing to go back to big church gatherings because you can't really at the moment, most of the things we value, you're not allowed to do. You can't yeah. sing, you can't chant, you know what I mean? Which, which really gutted me because obviously I love chanting. We do a lot of chanting in church. Right, right. Um, but uh, you can't have kids, you know, you can't do this, you can't have fellowship, you can't have a coffee. So, you know, what, what, how, do we, how, do we, how do we utilize this? How do we make the most of this moment? Yeah. This, I believe it's a Kairos moment. How do we make the most of it? And empowering our people, man, to, to go out, reach their friends, reach their families. And we've been seeing it, funny enough, we've been seeing more people reach their families, more family members, more neighbors coming to faith because of online invitations than we would have ever seen with physical invitations coming to church, you know? And it's, it's an amazing thing. And now it's capitalising on it. And why do you think, why do you think that is, that, that the online invitation and that kind of stuff seems to be working better? What, what do you think? Uh, is it like barriers are removed? Yeah, I think there's a... a online is a little bit of a there's, a... there's a buffer zone. Yeah. So when... You know, for someone to come into your church for the first time ever. I remember the first time I ever went to church. 
I was, you know, scared to death. All these people, all these lunatics, you know, doing this stuff. It's all weird. What are they going to think of me? I've got to do this. It's unfamiliar. It's uncomfortable, right? But when you can invite someone to check out your service, hear the message, receive the word of God, you know, even make a response online from the comfort of their own house, all of a sudden there's that, some of that fear and some of that, that, that weirdness is removed. And then as they begin to then, you begin to then speak to them afterwards, you have follow-up meetings, you have Zoom meetings, they get to know people. It's, it's a little bit less threatening. And then suddenly they find themselves part of what it is you're doing. Mm. They're in, they're already in. So when, when you get to meet up physically, much of that stuff has been removed. Much of that, you know, all of that, that weird stuff has all gone. Now they're, they're, they're already familiar with you. So we've actually found it more beneficial. Yeah, no, that's interesting. So, Paul, um, I just kind of want to throw you a bit of a different question, uh, really kind of looking beyond uh, church to the nation as well. How do you think this whole situation, how do you think that's going to change things in, in the UK or even beyond? Uh, I personally see that we've had an interesting time from Brexit onwards. Um, and some people see connected, some people don't see connected, that kind of thing. Just, just tell us your thoughts on, on those things. A couple of things on that. Um, first of all, about three, three years ago, I had a vision. And uh, I'm, not, you know, I'm not a weird and wacky type. Um, I had a vision. I, saw, I, I had a vision. I saw it very, very clearly. I've spoken about it in different conferences and different situations. But I saw, I'll tell you what it was. And this was, this was you know, during all the Brexit period, it was due, it was in the time of uncertainty. Um, I saw a city and I saw a sea. And there were people on the beach and there were people in the water. And all of a sudden, a wave arose out of the sea and it came towards the city. And it hit the city and it went through, and it was very specific. It went through the homes. It went through the schools and places of education. It went through, um, first of all, sorry, it went through the streets. It went through the homes. It went through the places of education, went through the places of business, and it hit the places of governance. And uh, I said to the Lord, what is it? And he said, it's a wave of my spirit that's going to come upon the nation. And uh, it's a wave of conviction and holiness. And I said, okay, well, I said, who were those people on, that were in the sea that came on the wave? He said, they were the wave riders. He said, they were the ones that went out from the comfort of the shore and they risked, they took some risks and uh, they came back on the wave and they're wave riders. They're people that are going to help facilitate the wave. And then he said that the sea speaks of humanity and its trouble. So the, the wave will come from a time of trouble and it will come in and it will hit the city. And so that was, you know, three years ago plus, and uh, I prayed into it, we've prayed into it. You know, Brexit happened, there was a lot of uncertainty, you know, there was a lot of division. You know, people were pro-Brexit, against Brexit, there's rumblings of stuff. Then the pandemic has hit yeah. and all of a sudden, you know, there's, there's even more uncertainty, there's more fear. There's trouble, you know. We're looking at massive, massive um, backlashes from the pandemic in terms of mental health, in terms of joblessness, you know, financial problems, debt, 
Um, there's been abuse, domestic abuse, you know, school, education has suffered, sport has suffered, everything suffered. And so, you know, the church is going to be more essential than ever. Because when you have a look at where does a lot of relief come from voluntarily in society, it comes from saved, born-again believers. Mm. It comes from people that volunteer their time, their talent, their treasure to actually make a difference in society. And so I believe that God is going to pour out his spirit in a way that we haven't seen before in our generation, at least. And uh, the church is going to be, there's going to be people that have stepped out from the normality. You know, there was a tremendous bit of graffiti in, in Hong Kong during all their riots. It said, we don't want normality. Normality is what caused us to be in this position. Right. You know, we, we, want to, we don't want to go back to, to normality. Normality is what caused this. Yeah. And so I believe that, that there's going to be a flip. There's going to be a change. There's going to be a shift. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult. But God's going to highlight his people and his people are going to step up. Those that are risking it, that are out of their comfort yeah. zone, that are willing to go out of their comfort zone and to really then reach out with the love of God. And then we're going to see, I believe we're going to see an awakening. We've seen, we've seen little bits of it in the pandemic. People have come alive to prayer. They've come alive to, you know, the end times, the meaning of life. What happens next? What is reality? But I believe that when the church really then starts to be able to reach out and touch and help, just like they have with food drops and food banks and prayer and different things, then I believe that there's going to be a massive awakening. How could you give an example or a sense of the, the kind of things you think those, those wave riders will need to do if they're, if they're stepping out from normality, how, what would you think uh, that, that, I mean, you know, five steps for stepping out of reality. I, I don't know. Uh, just kind of trying to think what, what does that look like? Well, it looks like looking outwards instead of looking inwards. Yeah. It looks like living saved instead of living safe. You know, it's not just about me and my and I, me and my. You know, it's not about self. It's about being selfless. It's not about the first mile. It's about the second mile. It's about going the, other, the extra mile for people that have been broken, people that have been hurt, you know, and... Western mentality, when you look at something that's broken, immediately you think replace it. But God's mentality is not that. God's mentality, when he looks at something that's broken, he says, fix it. You know, and there's that beautiful Japanese art form called Kintsugi, where they take a broken pot or a broken vase and they get gold or silver and they make a paste of it and they fill the cracks with gold and silver. And so they repair it. But the thing is this, the value of it after it's been repaired is actually more than it was yeah. in its original state. And I think that when God's people start stepping out from just their clubs coming to church, just coming, singing a few songs, you know, doing their little thing, all inward focused, you know, survival mode, cruise ship mentality, and they start understanding that they're more of an hospital ship and a battleship, you know what I mean, than a cruise ship then I think that we're really going to start to see the gospel go out and do what the gospel does, which is transform lives and transform societies. Because transform people, transform things. Yeah. No, that's excellent. Thank you, Paul. So a really great uh, thing just to finish 
our uh, podcast on today. Thank you for joining us on Ponderings. And uh, for those of you uh, who are checking out what uh, we're up to, do have a look at uh, obviously things going on at Victory Outreach. Uh, Paul's got a book coming out. Have you got a title for it yet, Paul? Tell, tell us title. We can have a peek and see when it comes out. Yeah, it's called Leading Broken People. Leading Broken People. It's coming out in September and uh, it's based, based on 25 years of experience with working with broken people. Excellent. Good. So we'll, we'll be sure to put a link on the website as well. If you're joining us looking at ponderings.org, we'd love to hear what you think. Um, sorry, ponderings.org.uk. Tell us what you think. Make, uh, be in touch and you can check out some things that I'm doing. Uh, have a look at the Faith Action site as well. That's faithaction.net. Well, thanks for joining us today.